الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وكذلك جعلناكم أمة وسطا لتكونوا شهداء على الناس ويكون الرسول عليكم شهيدا صدق الله العلي العظيم ما دير رسبكتد most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama and we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. We're extremely fortunate to be in the position that we're in today on in an auspicious month in the month of Rajab uh, to be uh, on the most auspicious of days on Yawm al-Jum'ah to be gathered here in a masjid uh, on, on this auspicious occasion to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to ultimately fulfill the purpose of our creation. Uh, and we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting us this opportunity. Most of you will have heard, in fact all of you will have heard of the recent tragic events that took place last Friday in New Zealand where 51 uh, brothers and sisters of ours lost their lives. Uh, in, in, a, in, in an attack that really shook everybody to the core uh, Not just Muslims, it shook non-Muslims as well And the response uh, throughout uh, Southampton, throughout the UK and, and the world Has been overwhelmingly positive The response has been one of, of care and compassion Of, of solidarity, of, of mercy and togetherness and this is something that we should uh, appreciate. And this is something that ultimately each and every Muslim understands. Because Al-Muslimu Akhul Muslim. The Prophet Sallallahu said that the Muslim is a brother of another Muslim. Uh, in another hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu told us that uh, if, if um, the Muslim Ummah is like one body, if one part of that body is suffering from pain, then the entire body suffers from pain. And if one individual is hurting each and every one of us, we feel that pain and we feel that hurt too. So naturally it's been a tough week for everybody. And it's big, and each and every one of us has began, to, we, we've started to think about things and to reevaluate things. And to think about what's going on in the world and why um, Muslims as an ummah, Muslims as a nation, Muslims as a group of people are feeling this way. Why Muslims as a people are being treated this way. And we see when we look at the stories on, 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 on the media and we see how Muslims are constantly being demeaned, how Muslims are constantly being portrayed in a negative light, we feel bad and we think to ourselves, what is it? Why is it? Why is Islam suffering? But yet, alhamdulillah, through every tragedy, in every tragedy, there's a, there's, a, there's a ray of light. At the end of every dark tunnel, there's light. And we see light in the fact that, subhanAllah, so many 
new Muslims has, have entered into Islam just in this last week. And this is a testament to the beauty of our religion. It really is. The people, when they see this tragedy, when they hear about a tragedy that takes place, and it makes them question the faith, and they think to themselves, why? What's, what's so special about their religion that they're being, they're being attacked just because they identify as Muslims? And when they study the religion, what do they find? They find something beautiful. They find something amazing. They find that, 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 that uh, subul salam that, that path of peace, that path of tranquility, and they're inspired by it, and they enter, they enter into it. We saw that after the attacks, um, in, in, in September the 11th, 2001, immediately thereafter, there was a surge of Muslims, uh, of, of new Muslims who accepted Islam. Surge of them. Why? Because people study the religion. And when you study the religion, you see the beauty of it. And on Amazon, it, after, after 9-11, on Amazon, the, the, the book that sold the most was the Qur'an. People ordered the Qur'an because people thought to themselves, non-Muslims, who thought, well, this is, this is the book that, that Muslims were inspired by, and it inspired them to commit these acts of atrocity. Let's read this. And when they ordered the book, and they, when they read the book, it inspired them to accept Islam. And subhanAllah, this is, this is something that we, we, we celebrate, and this is something that we um, even we understand and we appreciate because it goes back to the beginning when the Quran was revealed to the heart of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. At that time the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Islam is started out as something gharib. It started out as something strange, something exotic. And towards the end of time it will become something gharib once again. It will become strange once again. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Tuba li ghuraba. And, and, and glad tidings be to those strangers. And those strangers are us. And we see this. We see this manifest in our, uh, in our daily lives today. We see the strangeness that is inspiring people. To accept the religion today because it's become something exotic. And when they ultimately, when they, when they study the religion, they find that Islam is salam. It is peace. It is taslim, submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Islam, the universal code for, for cohesion and coexistence is through salam, is through peaceful, is through a peaceful nature, having a peaceful nature, being a peaceful person. The name of the religion itself signifies that principle and exhorts all its followers, all its followers of peace, all of its Muslims to maintain peace without ever compromising on truth and justice. One of the divine attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the names of attributes of Allah, one of the names of Allah is As-Salam, the source of peace. And the Muslim greeting, As-Salamu Alaikum, peace be upon you, is indicative of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor upon his creation. Our faith invites everybody to this subul as-salam, the path of peace, and the ultimate reward for all human endeavor. Is what? 
Darus Salam, the house of peace or the abode of peace, which is Jannah. If our faith literally means peace, our Lord is the source of all peace. Our path unto him is called the path of peace with the ultimate goal to enter into the house of peace. Then how is it possible for our religion to be anything but peaceful? Everything about our religion is peaceful. That first individual who was standing at the gates, that old 72, 71, 72 year old man, when, when this individual came to to, to attack that masjid in New Zealand. What did he say? Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Subhanallah, this is, this, is, this is what our religion is. This is what our religion is all about. And this is what we seek to spread. We're not people of, uh, who have a vengeful nature. No. Our Lord commands us not to be vengeful. Because our Prophet was the most peaceful of all prophets. In fact, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Quran? وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We've not sent you except as a mercy for all of creation. One of the great examples of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's mercy is when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the in Amul Huzn, in the year of sorrow, this is, this is one year in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam where he suffered personally, where he suffered emotionally, where he suffered psychologically and even physically. He lost his, his pillar of support in his uncle Abu Talib. That Abu Talib who the Quraysh came to and they said, listen, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam started preaching openly, they said, listen, stop your nephew. If you don't stop him, we have our means. We will take it into our own hands to stop him. As in we will kill him. And Abu Talib, concerned for his nephew, out of the love that he had for his nephew, what does he do? He calls the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Oh Muhammad ﷺ, stop doing this. Why? Because these people have come to me and they've told me that if, they, if, if Muhammad continues on this mission, then he will be harmed and I don't want you to be harmed, I don't want you to be hurt. What did the Prophet ﷺ reply? If they were to put the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left hand, I will, st I will still never stop preaching this message of Allah. I will continue to exhort people to enter into the faith. I will continue to spread the message. And Abu Talib, he seeing the, the vigor of his nephew, Seeing the passion of his nephew, he said, do whatever you want, I will always support you. This Abu Talib passes away, who supported him through thick and thin. Then his wife, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, the first person to accept his message. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi came back from the cave, after the first revelation, awed, <coughs> by the magnificence of what has just transpired. And he comes back to his wife and he says to Khadija, Zammiluni, Zammiluni, cover me, cover me. Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha covered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Supported the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
What did she say? She said, our Lord, our Rabb will never forsake you. He will never leave you. Why? There's absolutely no doubt that there's something special about you. Why? Because you take care of the, the weak and the downtrodden. You take care of the guests. There's something special about you. The Prophet ﷺ talks about her often, saying that nobody's wealth benefited me, nobody's support benefited me more than the wealth and the support, support of Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. Even when she passes away, and the Prophet ﷺ would sacrifice an animal, he would take a, a portion of that meat, and he would ask someone to distribute it to the friends of Khadija. Give this to the friends of Khadija. Why? Because Khadija would have done the same. When Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, one of the most beloved of people to the Prophet sallallahu said, O Messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, Allah has blessed you with younger wives. Allah has blessed you with us. Allah has blessed you with me. Yet you constantly talk about this Khadija, Khadija this and Khadija that. And the Prophet sallallahu becomes upset with Aisha. said, nobody... Has sub so, so nobody supported me like Khadija supported me. Nobody stood by me like Khadija stood by me. When all others left me, when they didn't want to have anything to do with me, Khadija stood by me like a rock. This is the woman that passes away. He's lost, already lost his uncle. Then he loses Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. And at, that, at this point in time, Naturally, you could feel, you could understand that the Prophet ﷺ would be suffering. He'd be going through, through turmoil. He'd be suffering. It's during this time that the Prophet ﷺ decides to take his preaching from Mecca to Ta'if. And he goes to Ta'if and he invites the people of Ta'if, he invites the people of this town to Islam. He talks to them about the message. This this message of peace, he delivers it to them, enjoining them towards good, forbidding them from evil. That was, that's, what he, that's the ultimate you know, um, uh, message of the Prophet And what was the response? You will know of the response. It was a negative response. The most negative response that you could possibly get. Not only did they reject the message of the Prophet and, and reject the fact that the Prophet had come to them with this message. Instead of treating him like, like a guest, they treated the Prophet like an aduv, like an, anim, like an enemy. They didn't even consider themselves, or they didn't consider the Prophet worthy enough to be tortured or to be stoned by themselves. They told their children to drive the Prophet ﷺ out of the city and stone him until he has left the city. And that's exactly what they did. The Prophet ﷺ outside of the city, he takes shade underneath a tree. He rests underneath a tree. It's reported that the blood from the forehead of the Prophet ﷺ was running into his sandals. His entire body was suffering. 
He was hurt, he was bruised, he was bleeding. And when he tends to his wounds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does what? Sends an angel to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi And this angel says, O Messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, Bi'ithnillah, with the permission of Allah, if you give me ijazah, if you give me permission today, then by the permission of Allah, there's two mountains on either side of Ta'if. I will bring down such destruction upon this city that not a single individual will live to tell the tale. Just give me the order. That's it. Give me the order and it will be done. And what did the Prophet wasallam say? Go ahead. Destroy these people. How dare they treat me in this manner? Destroy them. How dare they, they treat not only a prophet of Allah, but the greatest of all of Allah's prophets. Not only a creation of Allah, but the greatest of all of Allah's creation. Well, this is how they treat him. So go ahead and destroy them. If it was me and you in that position, and we'd been going through that type of a year, we'd be in that type of a rut for ourselves that we would consider. Where the Prophet ﷺ lost the most two important people to him. Emotionally, the Prophet ﷺ was suffering. And yet the Prophet ﷺ, what was his response? This is the response of, of, of a Muslim, of an individual of peace. This is the Prophet of peace. He says, no. No. Perhaps those same children that stoned me today, Perhaps from them or their children in the future will accept Islam. In, at the conquest of Makkah many, many, many years later, when those individuals with the Prophet ﷺ who had accepted the message and those who had been tortured for 10 years by the Quraysh in Mecca, their property stolen, their wealth stolen, kicked out of their homes, driven out, the Muhajirun, when they left and they sought refuge in, in, with the Ansar in Medina. Ten years after that, when they came back to Mecca, at the, and the Prophet is standing at the head of 10,000 men, and he has all of these people with him. He doesn't come and enter into Mecca like a conquering hero, like Alexander the Great, you know, standing, sitting on top of his highest horse, dressed in, 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 in the finest of his, his armor, with his sword raised, so everybody can see him. No, the ahadith mentioned that the head of the Prophet ﷺ was bowed down so low in humility and in humbleness that the blessed beard of the Prophet ﷺ was touching the head of that, the neck of that camel, the back of that camel. Some of the companions report it seemed as if the Prophet ﷺ was giving sajda upon the camel. Not in his armor, not with his sword raised, in the simplest of his clothing which was made from sooth, from wool. It's reported that his granddaughter, uh, infant granddaughter, was sitting on the same camel with him. So he didn't enter like a conquering hero. He entered, he entered into Mecca gracefully, like a man who attributed all of his success to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A complete Muslim, one who submits to the will of Allah azza wa And when the people come to him and they say, 
We tortured the Prophet and his companions for 13 years in Mecca. Not only that, we didn't even let him live peacefully when he left for Medina. We went to him. He didn't come to us. We went to him to try and kill him and to wipe his religion off the face of this earth. We went to him, tried to attack him and kill his followers in Badr, then again in Uhud, then again at, uh, uh, in the Battle of the Trench. So many times we tried to kill him. Now he's come to us at the head of 10,000 men. He's surrounded us. Surely he's going to, he's going to enact his revenge. Which, uh, and he's going to take out his revenge on us. And when they asked him, when, they said, when, when the Prophet asked them in fact, said, you know, what do I think, how do, how do you think I'm going to treat you today? What do you think is going to be my response today? And, and they, they turned to the Prophet and they said, that you are a noble brother, the son of a noble brother, and all we, accept, all we expect from you is nobility, all we expect from you is kindness. And the Prophet smiles, his most beautiful smile, that in itself was enough to melt the hearts of the people. And he says, he utters those famous words, Go for all of you are free. Go for your free. There's not going to be any recompense today. There's not going to be any revenge today. Why? Because we're Muslims. Enter into Islam. Accept the religion. You see the beauty of it. 23 years of preaching, 20, almost 21 years of preaching at that point it had been by the Prophet And the hardened uh, <coughs> refusers, those hardened individuals who had never accept, ex, uh, accepted the message of the Prophet had fought against him on countless occasions, had murdered and tortured his, his companions. In an instant, their hearts had changed. They see the Prophet in a new light. In an instant, that act of mercy instantaneously transformed Makkah. Everybody came into Islam willingly, not forcefully. Nobody has said to them that I'm going to forgive you only if you accept Islam. If you do not accept Islam, then there will be no forgiveness for you. No, the Prophet simply stated, go for your own free. When one of the companions in his verve and vigor, one of those companions, one of those muhajirun who, who was tortured, who had suffered at the hands of these people, and he comes back, you can imagine how he must have felt. And he's got his sword unsheathed. And he said, that today is the day of bloodshed. Today is a day of revenge. And when the people of Makkah heard what this man was saying, they came to the Prophet. Said, oh Messenger of Allah, our noble brother, our noble kinsman, our noble relative. If this is what that man is saying. He's saying that today is a day of revenge. Today is a day of bloodshed. And we're fearful of his intentions. The Prophet called that man that companion. He said, La, no. Today is not the day of bloodshed. Today is not Al Yomu Yomul Malhama. Al Yomu Yomul Marhama. 
Today is a day of mercy. Today is a day of peace. Today is a day of tolerance. And that companion understood what the Prophet ﷺ was trying to achieve. And he wasn't just being merciful so that they accept Islam. No. He wasn't just being merciful and tolerant so that they view Islam in a merciful and tolerant light. No. He was actually mercy incarnate. He was merciful. Allah made him merciful. It was his religion that told him and taught him to be merciful. This is what our religion teaches us. Even when we faced, and we faced tragedies. We faced tragic events from the time of the Prophet to this very day. We faced, Muslims have faced uh, loss. They've won at times. They've lost at times. There's been incredible loss of life. Incredible. Just look at your history, study your history. And you'll find that throughout history, Muslims have been targeted for their faith. And yet, our religion carries on increasing. Yet the passion of its subjects, of its adherents, never wavers. We continue to understand and we appreciate the message and the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has brought us into existence to worship Him, to glorify Him. So when we have these kind of tragic events, and we see, and, and naturally each and every one of us feels aggrieved, like I stated at the beginning. You know, there's not a single heart that, that, that doesn't feel aggrieved, that doesn't feel a tinge of sadness and grief when we hear of, of, of people, of, of, of men, women, children indiscriminately being killed, gunned down. But instead of feeling, uh, having feelings of anger towards everybody around us, we learn from the prophetic example of the Prophet ﷺ. We learn that through tragedy, that in this, this dark tunnel, there's a, there's a ray of light at the end of it. People will enter into Islam. People will look at the religion. I want us to learn more about this faith. Many more than the 51 who have passed away have entered into Islam in the last week. And there, subhanAllah, you know those 51 brothers and sisters of ours who have passed away, you know, uh, 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 as aggrieved as, uh, we, as aggrieved we are, and the grief and sadness that we feel, SubhanAllah, for them, they have, they have earned themselves palaces in Jannah. They have guaranteed themselves Jannah. They will say to us, there's no need for you to be feeling grieved about us or feeling sad about us. Allah has treated us in the most positive manner and granted us whatever our hearts desired. So we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them the highest of stations in Jannah. We pray for their families, who, have, who no doubt have suffered the most, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants them the best of suffering. But ultimately, we pray for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah azza wa continue to increase this ummah. May Allah azza wa continue to inspire others to learn more about our religion, to learn more about our tradition. And may Allah azza wa make each and every one of us an excellent and proper representative of Islam. And, and, and that's my du'a and that's my message for you today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability 
to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the noble Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the Ta'wana, and the